thank you for your, your word. Uh, we thank you for Christ. Uh, we thank you that you have called us to yourself and that you are building your church. You're continuing to gather your people together uh, for a, a specific end, a goal, a plan that in Christ all things are united, things in heaven and things on earth. And we thank you for that. We thank that we are allowed to be a part of what you're doing in the world. We pray that you make us bold, that you would make us wise, that you would uh, give us uh, discernment in how to navigate the, the culture that we live in uh, as unto you and for your glory. And we pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, this morning, I am going to do something. We are going to do something unprecedented in this class. We are going to work through 17 whole verses. It's going to happen. Exodus 25, Exodus 25, I'm, I'm checking to make sure I did my math right. Yes, that would be 17. 23 through 40. Exodus 25, 23 through 40. <clears throat> I'm going to start feeling like one of those Tuesday night studies if I'm not careful. What's that? Where's my wife? That's where all these jokes are coming from. i got to get them in while she's gone. Um, all right, 23 through 40. Last week, we talked about what? What did what, what we, what we discuss last week? The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant, the first piece of furniture that God gives to Moses as a design for him to build and, and the steps toward building the tabernacle. It is the only piece of furniture in the Holy of Holies. Yes? Um, the Ark of the Covenant. So now, as we move on, 25, 23 through 40, God instructs Moses to build two more pieces for the holy place. Remember, it's in three sections. There's the Holy of Holies, there's the holy place, and then there's this <coughs> outer kind of court thing going on. Um, this holy place is the next most sacred area of the tabernacle. So let's look at uh, starting in verse 23 <clears throat> through the end of the chapter. You shall make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length, a cubit its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. You shall overlay it with pure gold and make a molding of gold around it. And you shall make a rim around it a handbreadth wide and a molding of gold around the rim. And you shall make for it four rings of gold and fasten the rings to the four corners at its four legs. Close to the frame, the rings shall lie as holders for the poles to carry the table. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold, and the table shall be carried with these. And you shall make its plates and dishes for incense and its flagons and bowls with which to pour drink offerings. You shall make them of pure gold, and you shall set the bread of the presence on the table before me regularly. Verse 31, you shall make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be made of hammered work. Its base, its stem, its cups, its calyxes, and its flowers shall be of one piece with it. And there shall be six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side of it, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side of it. Three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower, 
on one branch and three cups made with like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower on the other branch. So for the, th the six branches going out of the lampstand, and on the lampstand itself, there should be four cups made like almond blossoms with their calyxes and flowers and, and a calyx of one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out from the lampstand. Their calyxes and their branches shall be of one piece with it, the whole of it, a single piece of hammered work of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps for it and the lamp shall be set up so as to give light on the space in front of it. Its tongs and their trays shall be of pure gold. It shall be made with all these utensils out of a talent of pure gold. And see that you make them after the pattern for them, which is being shown you on the mountain. Well, that's very interesting that you would say that, because that's where we'll be ending. What, um, what do you do with this? Great, we got some pieces of furniture, a table and a lamp. What does that mean? What is involved here? What is it trying to show? Um, if a priest walks into the holy place, the, uh, the table for the bread of the presence is going to be on his, on his right. A lot of the pictures you see in your study Bible, I'm sure that uh, a certain person has a picture already out ready to go. <laughs> ready for, ready for the, the, the next discussion. So have you heard this table called something else other than Bread of the presence, table for the bread of the presence. Have you heard it called something else? Showbread? It's the showbread table. Um, that actually, it, yes, that's a very common way to describe it. That, that actually um, comes from, I just thought this was interesting, it has nothing to do with the point of the lesson, but Luther, when he was translating the Bible from, from uh, Hebrew into, into German, called this table... Um, Shalbrat, the Shalbrat. And so Tyndall, when he was translating into the English uh, Bible uh, from, from the, the Hebrew, called it showbread after Luther's use of that term. It's really called the bread of the presence, and the, the table of the bread of the presence. But I just thought it was really cool that we still use that term, and it was kind of a borrowed term from Luther in, in German. Tyndall brought it over. Anyway, that's free. Um, in the instructions on the table, do you see similarities with the instructions for the ark? What are they, if any? Cubits. Gold. gold. Lots of gold. What else? The rings. Yes, what? Acacia wood. Same wood, still overlaid with gold. There are rings involved, right? There's a little bit of artistic creativity involved, not much. But yes, there is, there is a, the rim that's around. We don't know what necessarily the pattern was that he showed Moses for that. You have uh, the acacia wood, the pure gold, the border around them, same as the ark. Uh, there's an additional command here. What's the additional command? What's it also supposed to have? Bread on it, yeah. Well, there's there's that one. In the in the basic construction of the table, though, you also have a lip, right? Additional uh, border, I guess, so the bread doesn't fall off. I mean, this is a very practical piece of furniture um, for the bread to, to sit on. 
Uh, what else is similar? You said rings. Well, that's not on the art, though. The poles. The poles to carry. What did we, uh, why would he need poles on, these, on this table? No, don't do, don't touch this. I know, sorry, I can't touch this. What? Go ahead. The tabernacle was a was a um, mobile home. It's a mobile home. <laughs> okay. It's a it's a tent for wilderness wandering. It needs to go other places than where it is, and so part of traveling, have poles will travel. Um, what what is the deal with uh, with the poles on this one though? The ark. Were they ever to come off? There was a specific command. It's to stay on the ark, right? Is that the same here? Didn't you say the ring should be... I thought you said something about the, the ring should be close to the like, right next to the structure of it. Mm -hmm. The ring is covered in gold. Right. Gold plates, but it's heavy. Yeah. Every time I hear that term, share the load, carry the load, Sam Wise Gamgee says to Frodo. Carry the load. Sorry. But yes, you're right. It's heavy. Everything goes to Lord of the Rings for me for some reason. That's also free. Um, yes, it's heavy. And, and so it's going to need to be carried. But the poles aren't attached, or at least there's not a specific command for them to be attached like it was in the art, right? These seem to be removable. And a lot of the pictures, the, the depictions of the, of the holy place, you'll see the poles actually behind the table, you know, kind of, kind of a put off to the side. It was only used for, for carrying. Um, what does that tell you? That the poles are not, there's not a specific command for the poles to be attached permanently to the table. What does that tell you? What's that? The poles are probably, this is a practical, utilitarian, God's very utilitarian, I guess. Is what, what, what else theologically is it telling you about the table? What's more holy, the ark or the table? The ark. The ark permanently has it said, you're not to touch this, right? And the table is the same way, but there's a lesser degree of pushback, I guess, on, on human, the human touch. So you have, um, it, it's carried by the poles. There's still the idea that no human hand should touch the sacred furniture, um, but, there, but th there's a statement here. Yes, there's a utilitarian purpose. There's also a statement that the table is holy, but not, but, but the ark is most holy, I guess is the, is the way to put that. You have something on the table um, that's practical as well. What, what else is on the table? Tortillas. Tortillas, no. Oh my gosh, you're killing me. What is on the table? Let's see what's in gold, maybe. Something in gold. Cups, dishes, flagons, and bowls. He tells, not the menorahs, he tells Moses to make four types of, this is why we go along. This tells Moses to make four types of utensils, right? Um, but we're not told precisely the ceremony that he references. Uh, some of them are for incense, some of them are for drink offerings, but we're never really told what that looks like or, or how, that's, how that's done, at least here. Um, but each of the Hebrew words for each of these utensils is only mentioned in the context of religious ceremony. These are not, these are not vessels of dishonor. These are vessels of honor. They're only used for, for worship, for the ceremony in the temple. 
they also are to be made of pure gold. All right, let's, let's get to the, the eating. What's on the table other than the bowls and the flagons and the stuff? Twelve loaves of bread. We know there are twelve, and that they are to be arranged in two rows, according to Leviticus 24, 5 through 9, and they're placed on the table. Interesting uh, addition is that frankincense is also on each row of the, of the bread. It's kind of this burning thing. For each row, there's a, there's a pot of frankincense, which is kind of a waxy, um, I think, you know, New Yankee candle or something, and, and kind of a, a fragrance that's going on. Um, the loaves were switched out each Sabbath. So they lasted seven days, then they switched them out with hot bread, and the old stuff got eaten by the priests on the, the grounds of the tabernacle. They were, they were to be eaten in a consecrated way. What is this bread of the presence? What does that mean? Why do you think that's there? God does not have a body like men. Why would he need bread? It's probably as a remembrance to them for what he has done for how he provided for them. Manna, for instance, okay. in the desert. Which he, they're in the desert. His presence brings sufficiency, sustenance. His presence brings uh, life, maybe. Um, you think so? Perhaps. And you know that how? Because we have the book of Hebrews that tells us all of it. Um, yes, so it, it's 1 Samuel 21 calls this consecrated bread. It's set apart. Um, and, and, and we can hazard a guess that it means that God is present with his people. Why, why 12 loaves? 12 tribes. What does that say? If it's the bread of his presence, it's representing 12 tribes, what, what do you think would be the picture there? He's with all of them. All of his people are before him, right? In his presence. He doesn't miss a one. Even Benjamin, which I read about in Judges this morning, and really, uh, um, all 12 are before him. They're present. It's the Emmanuel principle, isn't it? I will be your God. You will be my people. And they're always before him. Um, there's also something about the fact that they lay out these 12 loaves every week. What does that say? God's faithfulness in his presence there, what does their duty to constantly refresh that bread demonstrate? Their commitment. Dependence, continual, dependence. continual dependence, okay. Obedience. There's a faithfulness that's involved in constantly refreshing the bread in the temple or in the tabernacle at this point. <clears throat> Not only did it testify to God's provision and blessing because they were his people, but their re renewing with fresh bread served as a pledge of Israel's faithfulness to the covenant as well. There's a mutual faithfulness being described being displayed here um, in the bread. All right, this lampstand. When you visualize, not in your study Bible, but when you visualize this. Okay, well then, 
when you visualize from the language of the description of the lampstand, what what picture comes to mind? Narnia. Not Narnia. What? Uh, Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah. Han- everybody wants to go to Hanukkah. Okay. What is what does this look like? What's it? What does it have at the top that says? That's why we go long. What what does it say? That's at the top of this. At the top of the lamp. Six branches. Uses the term fran- to branches. What is el- what else is going on? What other ornamental things are going on? Flowers, branches. What does that call to mind? I think it even says the almond. The tree of life, you say, and you got that just out of your own mind. <laughs> if you have bread, the tree of life idea here, uh, what does that remind you of? Of what does that remind you? The garden. This is Eden. This is a picture of Eden. You've got a, a, a clear representation. Lampstand also has on it uh, the, these seven uh, lights um, that, that, that bring to mind uh, the, the, um, the, the lights that God created. Seven. Why is it, why is it seven? For example, uh, you know, or for, why is it, just answer the question. Why is it seven? <laughs> what? It's God's lucky number. Um, no. What is it? Seven. Seven days of the week. So we have seven days of, picture of Sabbath, seven days of creation. All right, seven uh, seems to be a, a number that signifies uh, completeness, yes? Um, and, and also the, the creation and Sabbath issues are there as well. There, there are, there are um, there's no really uh, any specification for size on this thing. We're left wondering. I would think so. So just one? Yeah. Just one. Just one here. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't, I didn't, I didn't look this up. I meant well, to. In Solomon's temple, he had like, uh, I think, ten of them. In my inspired picture here on the next page, it's like Ray Pollard with they didn't say inspired picture. He did. <laughs> the editors uh, at, at Crossway would be very happy to hear that. Uh, yes? Seven lamps. So there's the stand, and on it has seven lamps. But we're talking about how many stands. There's just one reference here in the tabernacle. No, just lamps are the lights on each one. Because there's one in the middle, and there's three on one side and three on the other. That, that allows for, um, for seven lights. But each stand, it's just one stand. But I think later on, if I'm not mistaken, they actually had more in there. Um, we don't know. We do, we do know that each branch is adorned exactly the same way. God specifies how it's to be adorned with this flowering thing going on. So that tells us that this comes from God's imagination, not man's. Um, well, Aaron's staff was an almond staff. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. I didn't see. I didn't see that uh, as being. I'm, I'm sure it does.
Okay, well. R.C. Sproul went deeper. Um, so we, we see that only the table in front of it, or, or, or the, I say, the, the light was directed to, uh, they were to position it so that it shined in front of the lamp. Um, everything that we, uh, about the lampstand, including these tongs and trays and the snuff dishes and all that stuff, are to be made of only one talent of pure gold. And that could be anywhere between 50 to 80 pounds of gold. Yes, that would be uh, quite pricey. Um, the description of the lampstand ends with what reference again? What do we see? Where is Moses getting this? On the mountain. God is showing him. We, we kind of think it might be a, a vision he's showing him while he's telling him. A, a picture of, of as we discussed before, uh, what was given to Moses, they're not blueprints for a new structure. God is giving him a, a vision of a heavenly tabernacle. And he's to make his pattern for the tabernacle out, out of that. It's a copy of that. Um, Hebrews 9, 2 says, For a tent was prepared, the first section, in which the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence it is called the holy place. And then later on in verse 23, it says, Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves were better sacrifices than these. All right. Why is this in here? What does this show for us? Okay. Sure. What what does it tell us as we're sitting here in our comfortable room at supposedly seventy degrees? Yes. Um, this is actually taking a step back. So did we read Hebrews eight five last week when we were talking about? We did. Okay. But we can read it again. Yes. We did. It is good to remember. It doesn't hurt to read scripture again. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, even the original blueprints, though, the, uh, of the temple in heaven, pale in comparison to the true light they represent. Um, think about it in terms of if all the law and the prophets point to him, point to Christ, what do we see here? What what imagery does Jesus use to describe himself? Bread of life. Bread of life. There's John 6, a big old bread passage. Light of the world. Light of the world. Matthew 5, I think. Okay, so you, as far as the, 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 the lampstand being a, a, a picture of a, of a tree, okay. Um, I, I, I gravitated more to the bread and the light on this one, but I can see that. Um, Jesus is the bread of heaven. And what does that say? If he calls himself the bread of heaven, and this is called the bread of the presence here in the temple, the tabernacle, what does that say about Christ? 
see the bread of the presence. Um, not only the presence of God here, and that Christ is provided to us as his bread, but there's also, in Christ's obedience, a fulfilling of our faithfulness, our covenant faithfulness to God. He, he fulfills it for us. Remember, because the, they had to replenish the bread every Sabbath. So there's a picture of their faithfulness to the covenant. Christ does all that for us. He's both the bread and the faithfulness to replenish the bread. Right? Eat from me, you'll never hunger again. Um, there's this light idea. In him, God is present in him, was life like the menorah representing the tree of life in Eden. And the life was the light of men, John 1, 4. Uh, John 8, 12, Jesus says uh, again, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Turn to uh, Revelation 1. Looking at pictures, what are they conveying? John's getting this vision. He's on Patmos. He's getting a vision. Someone speaks, and then in verse 12, Then I turn to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. Notice that hair being white-ish, er, is a good thing. I just want to point that out. His eyes were like a flame of fire. It's, it's reflecting. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. What are the lampstands? The churches, seven being the idea of completeness. Uh, he references seven churches here, but he's also, by implication, one uh, element of the temple seems to reflect all of the temple here. Um, the seven churches, all the churches, his people before him. Matthew 5, uh, 14 and 15 says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Um, in verses 13 through 16 in, in Revelation chapter 1, there's a description of Christ, and it ends with his face shining like the sun in full force. And yet the lampstands represent the churches. So I guess the comparison would be 
uh, we are mere candles to the fire of the sun. Right? We're a mere hint of him when it comes down to it. The seven lampstands uh, are the church. Seven is the number of completeness, and part of the temple is represented in, 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 in the uh, instrument that shows all of it. The new Israel, the church, as a lampstand is part of the temple. The church draws her power from the spirit, the divine presence, before God's throne as she stands against the darkness of the world. We're in his presence, and from his presence we draw strength to reflect him, how, however light, uh, you know, slight that may be compared to the sun. That's what we're called to do. How, how, do, how are we doing on that? I mean, if we're to be a picture of life, if we're to be a picture of, here's a piece of the sun, are we distinct in darkness? Do, are we basking in his presence? Are we eating uh, and feasting on the presence of God to be uh, a picture of the sun? How do, you, how do you know if you're doing that well? And, and notice it at the top of the candlestick was not an iron cage. It's to be a beautiful presentation of the sun. Are we doing it in a beautiful way? Um, not uh, all law and no gospel. Not all love as the world defines it. And no, there's structure, there's form there is captive beauty that's being displayed. Um, lots of themes going on here and how we're to be the church. And uh, John sees lampstands, not a bare image of the candles. Right. They're connected. They're, um, well, it's a picture of community, uh, of one people. The, yes. And... Well, the, there's membership issues there too, isn't there? I mean, you know who's on one stand and who's on another. And that's interesting. Yeah. What what, what other things do, do you see that maybe I haven't brought out? How does it hit you, the table and the lampstands? Think of Matthew four four quoting I think from Deuteronomy when it says. Curious what 
what uh, ritual they may have used on those tables, on the table. Uh, what, what kind of, was it just the fact that the bread was there, that was the significant thing, or was there some kind of consecration ceremony that they went through? We're not really given that, yeah. Yeah, there's no, well, there's no, there's no wine mentioned for the table, you're right. Uh, but there is, uh, two of the utensils are used for a drink offering. Um, and, and we may get to that if we ever get to Leviticus, if I survive. And, and in this tabernacle, there are no windows. This lampstand is the only source of light showing the way to the Holy of Holies. And if it's dark, and that's seven lights suddenly are very necessary. Um, yeah, good. Yes, sir. Right. As it's necessary on top of the table. Right. Uh, well, it, it, if we're talking in terms of, of we're going to carry through the metaphors in Revelation, uh, incense is prayers of the saints. So, again, you have a picture of the church doing what the church is supposed to do, which is vocalizing our dependence upon the presence of God and our need for Him. Um, sure. Yeah, right. Or just take it from the Egyptians. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't got there yet. We haven't got to the cash cow yet. No, we'll get there. Right. Right. I don't know. It was, I don't know. It's all of it. Oh, if they're eating it, we don't really want to think about how they got the gold later. But, but yeah, the, 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 <laughs> right, right. I don't know. It was all of it that they did for the cash cow, because I mean, it was a, it was a, it, you know, it, it, there was a lot of gold they had. Kramer. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't. I don't get that reference. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, they use some of it for that, but I don't, I don't know that we can say they used all of it. I don't recall them. It, the, the, the system got made. Yeah, because it did get made, and we'll see that later in I think chapter thirty-eight when we get to it. They actually do make it. Um, I'm trying to think, the gold. You know, last last week we talked about how uh, this common wood overlaid with gold was a a, a picture of. Um, of, of something precious being laid on common wood. We, we went to the crucifixion with that. But another, another way to look at that is that you have all of these things that are supposed to be, that, that we see as representing Christ, you have 
really a, a doctrine of the incarnation. Something common, this common wood, overlaid or joined with, without mixture or <laughs> however the, the creed says it, uh, but joined with something very precious. There's matter, man, and something very precious, the spirit of God, uh, the, 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 uh, the being of God himself. So maybe there's some of that with the things that are made. Kind of simplify it too. I mean, thinking in terms of ancient Near East, like who has lots of gold and money? Mm -hmm. The king. Mm -hmm. Like this is the king's throne room. Mm -hmm. And so if we just want to simplify it to a really basic level, like this is God, Yahweh the king's He's He's the great king. They're the, they're the people, the, the subject people. Right. The kingdom of priests and holiness. Right. Yes, ma'am. Right. Well, as far as servicing the lamp stand, they had tools to do that. But moving it, you're right. I think they'd have to touch it. I think that would, I mean, I don't see a pole or a handle didn't come with a handle or anything, so that, that we're that we're told. Yes, sir. Uh, something that's interesting for me is that the fact that they could not build the altar, mm -hmm. yet the ark, mm -hmm. yet they managed to build it. Like, right. Well, it's after after they consecrate it, then it becomes. Oh. We'll we'll get to that. You're right. That they got to touch it to build it. No, I know. Yeah, but but it becomes holy after it's consecrated to God. Um, at this point, it's it's just an idea on paper and in, in Moses' mind uh, from God. Yes, somebody else, please, sir. All right, let's uh, let's pray. Um, I, I will tell you that um, one of the things that came to mind as I was reading through this is that blessing in Numbers six twenty four through twenty six, where the, the priest would say, "The Lord bless you and keep you." The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, the, the focus of his presence uh, upon you and give you peace. Um, there was just the, the light and the presence of God all, all in, that, in that blessing. I just thought that was kind of a, a neat uh, joint. That's in uh, Numbers, uh, Numbers 6, 24 through 26. And, and I think we'll get there eventually. I have hopes. Um, I just need to not drive on the South Loop, and then we'll we'll, we'll get there. So, all right. Father, um, what a gift to us! These pictures, these images from your tabernacle, that that are types and shadows of the reality that is Christ in us, the hope of glory. How humbling it is to think. And how comforting it is to think that he is the sun and we're but mere candles. Would you be gracious to us and let us reflect him better than we do, more clearly than we have, and more beautifully um, <laughs> than we often do. I thank you for those who are here. I pray that uh, your spirit would continue to unify them 
to unify us uh, as your body, joined in membership, but joined in Christ. I thank you for the gift of this place and the work that you're doing among your people here, and I pray that you would do that throughout all the lampstands in Tyler, that your name would be made great because your people reflect you well. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.